0: This week on Grape Encounters Radio. You said something that was just
1: mind-bending to me.
2: That's correct. We have about 46,000 acres planted in grapes. And that's the side. The fire's just a little bit under that today. So it's a lot of land being taken up. Peel me a grape. Crush me some ice Skin me peach, save the fuzz for my pillow.
1: All right, and it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And I tell you what, you know, we can't always report happy stories on Grape Encounters, although that is the idea that has been the guiding force behind Grape Encounters. But you know what? The drought that is going on in the western part of the United States has been so insidious for so many years. And in terms of the wine industry We have dodged a bullet so many times, but now, you know, it just seems like the drier things get, the harder it is to dodge those bullets. There's a massive fire that is still burning pretty close to out of control in the Monterey County area. If you hear me talk on Grape Encounters, you know that that is one of my absolute favorite regions in the world for wine. Incredible wines being made there, but this huge fire really does threaten the lifeblood of that region, not just because there's the potential to burn grapevines, which don't burn all that well, but because of the smoke tank that can just ruin the wine. So to get the real skinny on this, we're so happy to have on the line today, Kim Stemler. She's the executive director of the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association. And Kim, you're getting a lot of phone calls right about now, right?
2: We are quite busy right now yes, and, and not always for the best reason.
1: And, and I know there's a tendency for the media to go a little bit overboard on these kinds of stories, but uh, I'm no stranger to fire. I've lived in areas where you know, I've seen, you know, hundreds of neighboring houses go up in smoke. So when you live in a different part of the country, you may not really have a full appreciation for how terrible especially California, well, West Coast wildfires can be, but we're talking about tens of thousands of acres there. So can you give me some perspective in terms of just how big that is in terms of miles, uh, you know, what is the depth and breadth of that fire?
2: Well, what we know is right now, the fire is about the same size as the grapes we have cultivated, so around 46,000 acres. Oh, man. And I honestly have no clue what that translates into in miles. But it's a lot of land.
1: I heard somebody um, say the other day that it's the size of the city of San Francisco.
2: Yes, and that was one of the first days. It's way surpassed that.
1: Oh, wow. That's um, a, a, incredible.
2: Yeah. So the good news is that you know, Monterey County is one of the most beautiful places in the world with Big Sur, Carmel, the Pinnacles. It's, we've got so much natural beauty here. The unfortunate part of that is is wildlands need to burn. Yeah, you know, fuel builds up in wildlands. You know this. Wildlands need to burn, so there's always more of a risk of a fire here than there would be in in, in a city setting. So most of this fire is in the wildlands behind Big Sur, behind Carmel Valley. So what the Cal Fire and partnered fire agencies are trying to do is really their priority is protecting places where people live or work Right. Um, and letting the wild lands burn. And, boy, we have so much appreciation for all firemen and support people. They are all heroes in our book. And if we could bring them wine right now, we would, but they've got a job to do. So afterwards we'll take care of them.
1: And I can come to that party, I hope.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. That would be fun, <laughs> It's going to be a big
1: party. <laughs> well, you know, you make, you make such an important point. I lived in a forested area for much of my adult life, and we were always so busy trying to stop forest fires. And what it really came down to was after a while, the forest became so thick and the trees became so weak because there was so much competition for the moisture and light and everything else that, you know, eventually it was a real catastrophic fire that wouldn't have been nearly as catastrophic if we would just let it burn, but, you know, it's counterintuitive to say, let it burn, especially when the, there's such a great population in these areas.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, I think they have the right perspective. And luckily, the folks that live here recognize you're living on the edge of a wilderness, and, and this is part of life on the edge of a wilderness. Um, We've lost about 57 homes, and that hasn't changed in the last few days, which is really good news. We have nine AVA's, American Viticulture Areas, in Monterey County. Only one is really being affected, and that is the Carmel Valley AVA. Um, Sadly, the fires are about three miles from some of the vineyards that actually have the majority of grapes.
1: But when you say being affected, are we talking about being affected by the fire or the fire and the smoke?
2: It's both. In terms of the fire, they're doing backburns away from those vineyards right now. The last, actually today, they're going to light another one. So, the last three days, they've done backburns away from those vineyards because first we want to protect the vineyard. It would be tragic to lose all of those vineyards. Second, we want to be aware of smoke taint because if grapes sit in smoke for a prolonged period, there is a chance they can get smoke taint. And for those who don't know what smoke taint is, just think about sitting by a campfire and how your clothing smells
1: after that. good example. And when we say sometimes that a wine is smoky, this is not the kind of smoky we want.
2: No, this is not the kind of smoky we want. No. Luckily, there's been, you know, there's so much happening right now in ag tech that's really changing the way we do business in in very positive ways from, you know, being able to save more water to being able to deal with smoke taint. So right now there is technology that lets us measure whether there is smoke taint on grapes before grapes are harvested, and then there are processes that you can use now on the crush pad and then in the winemaking process that help to eliminate any impact of smoke taint. So we won't know whether there is smoke taint in those grapes for a little while. The good thing is Monterey actually has the longest growing season of any California region, wine region, and those grapes haven't even gone into veraison yet.
1: Okay, and just, um, to, and just to explain to somebody who may not be familiar with the term veraison, you know, we're talking about that period of time where the grapes turn from unripe to ripe, basically.
2: That's correct. So where, so where the grapes turn colors, their skin turns colors, and it's particularly noted on red grapes. So as I was saying, the good thing is that smoke tint doesn't affect, it affects grapes more if they have gone through verasion. So we're pre-verasion in, the, in this area. The other positive thing, although it's very sad for Carmel Valley, but in terms of they only grow less than 1% of, of Monterey County's wine grapes. So most of the wine grapes, over 99% are grown in the Salinas
1: Valley. Right. And I'd like to put this in perspective for those who live in California who are listening. They're going to be more familiar with the Monterey area. But for folks outside, we're, I mean, we are still talking about a very big wine growing region. And it's there's just about no place that you could live in the U.S. that you wouldn't be able to buy a pretty decent assortment of Monterey wines. We think of Napa and Sonoma so much, but we're only talking about, really as a crow flies, you know, what, less than 100 miles probably, right?
2: Yes, it's about 90 miles. The Salinas Valley is about 90 miles long. Yeah.
1: And, then, and then below it is the region that we're in, that is to say Grape Encounters Radio, which is the Central Coast wine region, but M- Monterey has become, in the past especially, in the past 10 years or so, such a major player in the world wine market. I don't know how much you've actually grown in terms of size, but in terms of being seen as a major player, it's a big deal. And you've been recognized for that over and over again.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really an exciting time for Monterey. We've been around since the 60s, and we're really farmers. If you think about the Monterey County and Salinas Valley, and I can guarantee that people on the East Coast, you are not only drinking our wine, you are eating our produce. We actually produce, I think, 65% of all the lettuce in the U.S. Wow. Um, and then a lot of other vegetables as well. So so we're farmers. So in the 1960s and 70s, when these big names in wine were looking for places to grow wine grapes, um, there was a report that came out from Davis saying Monterey is like Burgundy, you know, in France. So this is a great place. So all of a sudden, the Wente brothers, Marisu Jeff Jackson from Jackson Family Wines, Rich Smith from Paraiso, Jerry Lohr comes in and they say, we're buying land in Monterey County. And they have all been raising grapes since then.
1: And, and it's, um, pretty, it's pretty commonplace, too, for people like that to take those grapes and then marry those grapes to grapes that are grown in, and I don't like to use the word more familiar areas, but areas that would be more recognizable to people outside of California and blend them together.
2: Yes, that's very true. And, you know, it's we, we now know what grapes our land grows well. And actually, we have really unique land. We're coastal, as hopefully most people know. <laughs> um, but where we're different from other coastal regions like Santa Barbara or uh, Sonoma is we have the deepest submarine Canyon, so out in the water, the deepest canyon on the whole west coast of
1: the Americas. You're going to have to hold that thought, Kim, because we have got to take a, a quick breather here, but we are talking to Kim Stemmler. She is the executive director of the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association, We're talking about this gigantic Sobranes fire that's burning there, and we'll talk more about that. But more importantly, on a, a happy note, we'll talk more about the amazing wines of Monterey County, because they are among the best in the world. When we return with more grape encounters.
0: In wine, there is truth, and sulfites, and occasionally a a few insect parts. You learn something every day on Grape
1: Encounters Radio. A few days ago, a listener visited our wine bar, the Grape Encounter Emporium, because he wanted to see for himself if the wines from Cardella, that I brag about all the time, are as good as I keep telling all of you. He had driven quite a long distance to check out the Cardella wines, so we were delighted to let him sample them all. When he was most of the way through the tasting, I asked him if I had oversold these wines in any way. He smiled and replied, absolutely not. I can't recall any winery blowing my mind with virtually every wine they make. But after watching literally hundreds of faces light up after the first sip, I can tell you without any reservation that I believe Cardella is poised to be the next great American cult winery. Extraordinary whites, incomparable reds, insanely great values. I love Cardella's wines, and you will too. Learn how to get yours online at GrapeEncounters.com. For years, I've been dying to get a truly exceptional wine refrigerator to keep my liquid assets safe from the scorching summer heat that can turn awesome wine into teardrops. Heat is the number one enemy of fine wine, and collectors will tell you that a wine cellar is absolutely essential. Well, that's just not true. For a tiny fraction of the cost to build even a modest cellar in a converted closet, you can own a wine refrigeration unit so exceptional and so beautiful that you'll want to show it off to absolutely everyone. My unit is truly the best there is. It's from King's Bottle, the experts in wine preservation and cooling. King's Bottle has wine refrigerators for every need. They're gorgeous to look at and priced lower than you would ever imagine. Want to see why I'm so excited? Click the King's Bottle link at GrapeEncounters.com. King's Bottle wine refrigerators are so cool. See them at GrapeEncounters.com.
0: And now, transmitting our signal to wine lovers of the world from our Atascadero wine cellar studio, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues. The people came and listened.
2: Some of them came and played.
3: Give flowers away. Yes, they did.
0: Down in Monterey. Down in Monterey. We
1: Back with Grape Encounters Radio, and very pleased to have on the line Kim Stemmler coming to us from Monterey County. She is the executive director of the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association. And Kim, how long has this Sobrane's fire been burning up there? Now it's been what about 12 days. Twelve days. Now, did I hear correctly that this fire could take like a month to actually be completely put out?
2: It definitely could, and that's wow. because the majority majority of the fire is in wild lands, so they'll circle fires around the perimeter and, and pretty much let it eat itself up, let it die out on its own. Of course, always protecting people and places, but in the wild lands, they just will let it burn.
1: And then the, I think, saddest news about all of this is the cause of the fire was released A campfire that somebody Uh, didn't bother to put out.
2: If you want to get anybody mad around here, all you have to do is think about that. The irresponsibleness of anyone in California right now setting up a campfire in wild land is terrible. So anybody listening, do not set up a campfire in wild land. The only place to to light a campfire is in a park that has places for fires. It's too dangerous.
1: As long as we're not politically correct anymore in this country, (laughs) I think we, we might as well bring back tar and feather. Oh. Right? I mean, <laughs> okay. I both
2: I feel sad for this person because I can't imagine bearing what they are going to have to bear for the rest of their lives. A man has lost his life with two little children yeah, because yeah. of their careless efforts. And yeah. people have lost their homes. So many people have lost their homes. So shout out to everyone. No campfires. No you campfires. Know what, you
1: know, there, there's something that amazes me about you folks up there in Monterey, and it's this. I was in Carmel, Carmel by the Sea, about a year or so ago, and you have that beautiful stretch of beach where everybody takes their dogs and sets up campfires right there in the sand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm not Carmel sh- Beach. Carmel yeah. Beach, yeah. So here's the crazy thing. You walk along that beach, and there are all these dogs dogs, presumably doing what dogs do, and all these people who have all these fires burning in the sand, and then you come back the next morning, and it's like pristine, like, like nothing ever happened, like there was no gigantic party that went on the night before, which it did. It's like... Yes, the, and the, actually,
2: some of the rules have been changed on those fires, and there's now going to be fire pits on Carmel Beach, so controlling where those fires are a little bit more, and we love our dogs... <laughs> In Monterey. In fact, all of our tasting rooms, there is not one tasting room that doesn't allow dogs. It's so we funny.
1: love dogs. It's so funny that you should mention that because we are going to be doing, in the next few weeks, an entire episode of Grape Encounters on winery dogs.
2: Oh, that's great. Isn't that awesome? Oh, let us know. We have a lot of dogs up here. In we're, fact, my dogs come to my office every day.
1: We're just having a problem finding dogs that want to talk on the air. I,
2: you know, <laughs> they just have to be encouraged with treats. <laughs>
1: that's it. All right, so so let's let's <laughs> shake down the fire for a second. And again, you said something in the first segment that was just mind-bending to me that the size of the fire is exactly the same size at least right now as the amount of land that you have planted in grapes.
2: That's correct. We have about 46,000 acres planted in grapes, and that's the size. The fire's just a little bit under that today. So it's a lot of land being taken up. One of the things that that I think is really fortunate for our graves, though, is that in the Salinas Valley, we have wind every day. So if you've driven through the Salinas Valley on Highway 101, which is the main highway in California, one of the main highways in California, you will see that the trees in the Salinas Valley are planted. Um, And that is because we have that submarine canyon out in the bay, and it's the deepest on the west coast of the Americas, and because it's so deep, it has really cold water that swells up, meets with hot air, and ends up creating this wind funnel that goes between um, two mountain ranges. That is actually what is helping most of our grapes right now.
1: Explain also why that is so important to people who want to grow, especially great Pinot.
2: Yeah, so why it's important to the fire and why it's important to to great Pinot. I just
1: threw you a softball there, just a slow softball right over the plate.
2: You did. Thank you. So for the fire, what that means is if we have any smoke that hops into that over the mountain ranges into the Salinas Valley, because that's a different valley... Um, it blows out every day so there's not a lot of smoke in the salinas valley and if there is it's it's gone by mid-afternoon early afternoon what is so special about our region that makes us different from other coastal regions is because the hot areas that are inland get this wind influence we have this wonderful thermal rainbow where the most northern AVAs like santa lucia highlands can grow cool weather grapes and some of the best in the world In fact, Wine Spectator has said that the last three vintages of Pinot Noir from Monterey County, and specifically the Santa Lucia Highlands is the best vintage of Pinot Noir in in the state. So hopefully we'll get another one this year.
1: And I'm going to jump in, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you some serious love right now, because anybody who's been a long-time Grape Encounters listener knows Pinot Noir, not my favorite varietal. It's just not. And you know what? I make no apologies about that. It's not my favorite and it's okay not to like broccoli, right? Yeah. And But I always say this, there's always an asterisk to my statement about Pinot, and it's this, that the exception for me is Santa Lucia Highlands and the Russian River. Yeah. And, because and, and that's not completely true. I mean, you know, we make some great Pinots down where we are. You know, there is great, lots of great Pinot. The problem is, is there's lots of really crummy Pinot, too. And, you know, p- people who are making Pinot, who shouldn't be making Pinot, or making it in the wrong place, or in a style that doesn't make me happy, and really, the world should be all about making me happy—at um, <laughs> least from a wine perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But the thing is, this—the Pinots that come out of that area, especially Santa Lucia Highlands, are just so delicious and just beautifully made. I always like to talk about my experiences going over to Rath, which is, I, I think, the only winery that doesn't have winery dogs that has winery chickens, pet chickens. (laughs) And,
2: and, but they like dogs anyway.
1: It's Sabrine, right? Do I have that Supreme right? Sabrine Rodham. Yeah, oh, exactly. She's just this delightful lady winemaker who, the last time I interviewed her, did the entire interview with a pet chicken in her lap.
2: And one of the things that's so great about Wrath is, besides their wines are amazing, they're owned by an archaeologist, by the way, which which is important to know because Raff does a lot of vineyard designates. And for such a small winery, yeah. you know, they have an incredible lineup of vineyard designates. So you can really go in and say, I want to try seven different vineyard designates, all from the same appellation. Okay. I
1: got a, I got a funny story about that, but we're, you're going to have to hold that thought for a second, okay? okay. <laughs> because it is maybe one of the funniest stories. Not funny, but just amusing for me. We're talking to Kim Stemmler, executive director of the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association. We got Kim on the line to talk about this gigantic Sobranas fire that you undoubtedly are hearing about all over the country, if not all over the world, that really poses a monster threat to the wine industry up there at least for this vintage but we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that but i do want to mention a funny thing that happened at wrath vineyard when we return with grape encounters
0: big fun and chatty with a hint of sarcasm this is grape encounters radio
3: for years i seem to pour more wine down the drain than into my glass I love great wine, but hate how quickly it goes bad. Now, for about the cost of a few good bottles, I pour as much as I want of whatever I want, whenever I want, with my Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Take a sip today, have a glass next month, and save the rest for a few years without removing the cork. Enjoy wine on your own terms with the remarkable Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com.
1: A lot of people ask me why Manzanita Manor's incredible Portuguese dessert wine is called Two Horse. Well, the reason behind the name is as extraordinary as the wine itself. It's because the owner and winemaker at Manzanita Manor Organics actually uses two beautiful horses to pull the plow on her farmland. When you take your very first sip of the Two Horse Vineyard's irresistible dessert wine, you'll immediately experience the winemaker's unparalleled connection to the land. It's what really makes it so good. You can purchase this exceptional wine online as well as their purely delicious walnut oil, 100% organic heirloom walnuts, and free trade chocolate covered walnuts. To learn more about all the Manzanita Manor Organics products, visit mmorganics.com. You can order all their walnut products there and bottles of two horse, of course. Purchase and shipping subject to state and local regulations. Please see MMOrganics.com for more information. Grape Encounters Radio is always on the lookout for great story ideas, even if they're completely and totally off the wall. So here's the deal. Share your story ideas with me or send a question you'd like to hear answered on the show. If I use your question or suggestion, I'll send you a special gift. I want to know what you want to know. You can contact me on the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook or email david at grapeencountersradio.com. If you've got something for me, I've got something for you.
3: Tell myself it's not my concern. Play with fire and you will get burned. Sink my toes into the sand. Trying to understand.
0: And now, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues.
3: I get back to
1: Monterey. You know what? I am so pleased that we have some time to be able to talk to Kim Stemmler from the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association. Not just from, she's the big kahuna there. (laughs) And... And, and and definitely fielding a lot of phone calls the past ten days because of this massive fire, Kim. You know, I've got to wonder if you've had some contact with some of the people in your position in other regions on the West Coast, because like last year was the Big Lake County fire, you know, yeah, which is another actually I was
2: just talking with one of their representatives and uh, just who was empathizing with how difficult it is. Yeah, we're not alone in going through tragedy. Napa had an earthquake last year and I think some fires. (laughs) We've all been through it. And, you know, I go back to, well, first of all, I love wine people. You know, I love, they're so down to earth, especially here, just down to earth, smart people that are fun, work really hard, and we're all survivors. So I just love this community and know that we'll be okay. Whatever happens, we'll be okay. And we just come together. And actually about coming together, we have some fundraisers going on as well.
1: Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that our listeners would probably be delighted to either attend some of those fundraisers or maybe send some money.
2: Yeah. Um, So on our website, montereywines.org, we continue to update places you can send money. You can send money to two places that we recommend that are offering relief for victims of fires. And also, although all the public firefighters are covered, and we thank all the taxpayers for covering that expense, we have several volunteer brigades that are not covered. So this community is pulling together and getting poison oak medicine and water and Gatorade. So we have those links on our website as well if folks are interested in helping the volunteer fire brigades as well. And then several of our wineries like Bernardus and Hahn and quite a few others are offering um, sales on their wines and the proceeds go to benefit the victims of the fire. And then on August 28th, we will have a big party at Folktale Winery. And Folktale, uh, the California Tourism Association, said Folktale is the California Winery of the Year. And it's a wonderful place. So all of our wineries are going to come together and have a big party on August 28th and try to raise money.
1: um, Wow. You you guys are amazing. You're amazing in Monterey. You know, the... Catastrophe's not even over, and you've got all these fundraisers and stuff already set up. That's, oh, we
2: do. It thinking so ahead, man. Yeah. And one, Actually, one of our wineries, the owner has property and lives in Big Sur, and there it looks like their property was devastated in the fire. They haven't been able to get back in, but it looks like it was one of the homes. And they had a fundraiser within days, not for them, for everybody else. And I think that just speaks to the spirit of Monterey and how everyone works together and we all support each other.
1: So such a great place. And, you know, one of the things that is so awesome about Monterey is the fact that if you are putting on your calendar or if on your bucket list is the idea to go visit a wine country that you've not been to before, Monterey is a particularly good place to go for a lot of reasons. And I'll list some of them. One, really awesome lodging, you know, some of the best hotels around. Number two, beautiful villages, places where you can go shopping that are you know, not overly commercialized, but just, you know, artisan products and and just great places to hang out. Three, some of the best food on the planet, including the best fried chicken I've ever had in my entire (laughs) life at La Bolena, which is one of my absolute favorite restaurants. Uh, Four, so many non-wine things to do. Hey, I could work for you. Listen to the commercial. I I think,
2: yeah, we should be paying you for this. That's true. You know, because it's
1: it's not all about the wine experience. It's about wine Lifestyle and wine lifestyle doesn't always include wine.
2: That's it. And you know what is wine anyway? It's it's a way of life. It's a way of community. You know, it's a it's a loving life. No matter what you're doing, and I think that is the story of Monterey County as well. You can come and just have a great time here and drink wine with everything you're doing. You know, you can go to the aquarium where they serve wonderful Monterey County wines and sustainable seafood, and then you're in the midst of Octopi and beautiful sea otters, and you can go golfing and then come in and drink some wine at one of the Pebble Beach restaurants. <laughs> I, I really think it, wine is a is about a lifestyle, and that Monterey reflects that wine lifestyle so well.
1: And, and if you get in touch with Kim personally, she can hook you up with dinner with Clint Eastwood.
2: Oh, okay. I'll have to work on that one. <laughs> so actually, Clint is around. You know, I can tell you where to see him. You either go to the Safeway in Carmel or to Whole Foods in Monterey. That's it. That's it. You go to the. That's where we're a gas station.
1: (laughs) You know, I notice that whenever he's uh, sitting around town, there's always an empty chair next to him.
2: (laughs) I'm not going there.
1: (laughs) For those who don't.
2: He's a super generous man.
1: Yeah, very, very generous. For those who don't uh, and, get that um, joke.
2: <laughs> well regarded.
1: <laughs> All right, We were talking about the wines from Wrath. It's a good label to look up. Your fine wine stores either will have it or they ought to be able to get it for you. But this is a small, small winery. We were talking about them as we went into the break. That has this awesome winemaker who makes so many different versions of Pinot, and it's a vineyard-designated Pinot. So that means that every Pinot is coming from a different vineyard or combinations thereof, right? And That's and right. so I interviewed her some years ago, and I, I think at the time she had like you know like maybe twenty-four different Pinots that yeah, she had, and I said, well, how can anybody even tell the difference? between, you know, it just becomes a blur after a while. So we're sitting out on the patio, which, by the way, the back patio looks out over this little lake. And at the other side of the lake is the house from Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. It it really... (laughs) Right.
2: <laughs> That's what it looks like. Doesn't it looks.
1: It? <laughs> it looks exactly like that. The what is that? The Bates Motel or whatever it is. Yeah, but it, it really it,
2: does. It's uh, if somebody's working on it now. I don't oh know
1: no, like to they, sh- they should not change that. It's perfect the way it is. Mm-hmm. So I just said to uh, Sabrina, Sabrina, "Could you tell? Can you tell the difference if I went and got you know three or four of these wines and brought them out to you randomly? Would you be able to pick which ones which?" And she said, "Oh yeah, sure." I didn't believe it. Guess what? She did.
2: And did you notice a huge difference when you were doing these flights? In Pinots, I know you're not a Pinot guy, but did you notice a huge difference in the flavors?
1: Well, yes, but I mean, you know, for me, it split hairs a little bit. But I was really very shocked that she could nail it, just exactly. nail it. Yeah, well, she
2: tasted it regularly. <laughs> so well. One of the things I think, and I think Rafa is a perfect example. Pinot is not an easy grape for many to grow. And when we say that to our growers they think it's easy. But I think it grows easily in the right place. Right. And you talked about not liking other Pinot. Well, you know, Pinot is really finicky about the place, and we just happen to have the right place, the right land. And the way our winemakers are reflecting that Pinot is, I really think you're tasting place in all of our wines, and Rath is a great example of that. You know, she can do, they actually do 26 different
1: bottlings, different skews. See, I said 24. I was pretty close. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, and only have like 3,500 cases or something. Yeah, Uh, craziness. craziness. Hey, listen, Kim, we're going to have to say goodbye for now, but we're going to stay in touch with you. And we wish you absolutely the best up there. Uh, You know, we all have our uh, fingers crossed. We're saying a prayer. We're sending good vibes. Whatever we can do to help out the folks in Monterey who make such really extraordinary wines. I know it's going to be okay.
2: Uh, It's going to be fine. And, yes, it's going to be great, actually. (laughs) Once we get through this, our vintage what I'm hearing from San Lucia Highlands is the vintage looks really good, so we'll be fine. And we hope everybody comes and visits us, and we hope that you buy Monterey wine, that so you'll try Monterey wine.
1: Absolutely. It is an A-plus wine trip. It really is. And I will say this honestly: when my wife and I went on our first year honeymoon, uh, and, and I'm only married a c- couple of years, that was, of all the places that we could have chosen, that's where we chose to go. It, it yeah, just it's definitely it,
2: a bucket list place. An, ex-
1: an extraordinary place. And for the most part, it if you're worried about it being this denuded place because of the fire, most of that's going to be in places that you're not going to see.
2: Nobody goes back where
1: most of yeah. the fire is. That's in correct. The, in, the, in the backwoods. Okay, well, mm-hmm. such a pleasure to have you on, Kim. I really Thanks. enjoyed talking yes. to you. We could talk forever. Kim Stemler, the Executive Director of the Monterey County Vintners and Growers Association, and it's uh, montereywines.org, right? That's correct. Yeah, for more information, really good website. Check it out. There's a lot of good information there, and, uh, you know, keep them in your thoughts thoughts and we're going to be back with more grape encounters right after this thanks kim thank you david
0: your grape encounter will continue momentarily so while you're listening to these important messages do a little multi-processing and join the grape encounters radio facebook group page that way we can share things with you that we might not be able to tell you on the radio Grave Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com.
1: For years, I've been dying to get a truly exceptional wine refrigerator to keep my liquid assets safe from the scorching summer heat that can turn awesome wine into teardrops. Heat is the number one enemy of fine wine, and collectors will tell you that a wine cellar is absolutely essential. Well, that's just not true. For a tiny fraction of the cost to build even a modest cellar in a converted closet, you can own a wine refrigeration unit so exceptional and so beautiful that you'll want to show it off to absolutely everyone. My unit is truly the best there is. It's from King's Bottle, the experts in wine preservation and cooling. King's Bottle has wine refrigerators for every need. They're gorgeous to look at and priced lower than you would ever imagine. Want to see why I'm so excited? Click the King's Bottle link at GrapeEncounters.com. King's Bottle wine refrigerators are so cool. See them at GrapeEncounters.com.
3: For years, I seemed to pour more wine down the drain than into my glass. I love great wine, but hate how quickly it goes bad. Now, for about the cost of a few good bottles, I pour as much as I want of whatever I want, whenever I want, with my Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Take a sip today, have a glass next month, and save the rest for a few years without removing the cork. Enjoy wine on your own terms with the remarkable Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com.
0: She's earthy, honest, and sipping each week as a service to you. From Sunset Magazine, it's Sarah Schneider, and this is Sipping with Sarah on Grape Encounters Radio.
1: Okay, and it is time for Sipping with Sarah, and Sarah, a couple of days ago, I got into a heated conversation with a wine wholesaler... Over the very same question that I'm going to pose to you today, and I have no idea what position you're going to take on this one.
4: And I don't know what the question is.
1: (laughs) You do, because you were prepped for this show, Sarah. (laughs)
4: Oh, right, right, right.
1: Where were you? We should not drink wine before the show.
4: I know, something's wrong here.
1: Okay, the question came up in a conversation. We were actually talking about Two Buck Chuck. Mm -hmm. You'd almost have to be dead not to know what Two Buck Chuck is, because I guess Trader Joe's is all over the country now, right? They are, they are. Not everywhere, but so some people don't know. But even I'm, I'm imagining people who don't have a Trader Joe's have had somebody bring them a bottle of two buck chuck
4: but you know it's not two bucks anymore two dollars and 49 cents i know i bought some just a few weeks ago why um <laughs> well, that's a secret
1: <laughs> no no
4: i was i bought it to do a blind tasting with with some more expensive wine and two buck chuck is like you say 249 a bottle now
1: yeah and we should uh actually do an entire show on two buck chuck because it's an interesting show that and would this be actually this actually is a nice lead-in to it though because the question that was posed in this impromptu conversation was when somebody loves their cheap bottle of wine, whatever it might be, two buck chuck, you know, white Zinfandel, whatever it is, do we want to convert them up to something that's a a little better? And what I mean by that is this, is that there are a lot of people, obviously, that drink mass-produced wines, inexpensive wines, and a lot of people, especially the wine snobs, will poo-poo those people and belittle them for drinking inexpensive, you know, mass-produced wine. And so in this conversation, when somebody was talking to me about teaching wine appreciation and getting them to, you know, try better, more expensive things, I posed the question, why would you do that? Because the remember, we're talking about people who love these wines, okay? And it's different than people who say, I don't like red wine. Where are you on this, Sarah?
4: Well, there's so many questions embedded in that. Yeah, I but saw your wheels were yeah, just like turning. They smoke, are turning. Smoke I'm,
1: coming out of ears and nose and everything. There's an assumption
4: in there that um, a more expensive wine is a better wine. Um, that could be debated. Oh, man, are you
1: opening up a can of worms I now? I know. Because there are a lot of issues here. There are a lot right, of issues.
4: But, but we can keep it simple, too. Whether,
1: when, when, when have we ever done that?
4: <laughs> we go in all directions, okay. I think. Um, but I think it's a huge question. It just came up for me a couple weeks ago, um, and I was leading a seminar. I was moderating a seminar that had a number of winemakers involved, um, and they were presenting their wines at all different price points. And one of them was in the low teens. And the audience, someone in the audience, raised her hand, and she said, "I want to understand here what's going on because I tasted this twelve-dollar wine, and I absolutely love it. But she said, I don't really like." this $50 wine. right? Um, and she said, am I wrong? And, and that was such a loaded question with wrong and right um, about...
1: So what's the answer then?
4: Well, my, my quick answer to her then, uh, before the more thoughtful winemakers jumped in, was that on the lower price end, there's wine that is just made to jump out at you with fruit, generous fruit, and say, drink me right now. Um, it's just made for pure, instant enjoyment. And that's what it's trying to do.
1: It's the wine equivalent of soda pop.
4: There you go. Yeah, Yeah. And and it doesn't necessarily involve expensive wine growing or making, but then there's wine that's intended to make you think a little bit more. There are layers of interesting things underneath that don't necessarily immediately pop out. Um, And some people just aren't geared to respond to that or even get that. Um, But do they need to? To be? do we need to push them there?
1: I liken it to going to the symphony. If you go to the symphony, you'll find different kinds of people there. You'll find the person who hears the oboe, they hear the cello, they hear the brass, they hear all of the different parts, and then you have the people who hear the symphony. It's the finished product. You know, it's kinda of, it, it, food's the same way, you know. Do you taste the frosting separate of the cake, separate of the filling, or do you just taste cake? Either way is okay with me.
4: Those are good analogies. It doesn't matter.
1: I say this, that you know you can get into a lot of trouble if you develop a passion for really good and oftentimes expensive wine. And wine can eat up a lot of your household budget. That's true. Yeah. So why try to convert somebody to something that is going to end up costing them if you drink a bottle of wine every other night, let's say. Some people drink more than that.
4: Uh, No comment here. No,
1: no, no comment here. Okay. But if you try to convert them and let's say it's a $35 bottle of wine and they drink 3 of those a week that adds that's up. that's that's the cost of your insurance. Oh, there's a your
4: car payment,
1: right? It, it does add up it really is. quickly.
4: But I you know, I actually kind of believe I don't kind of, I do believe that people will automatically if they drink that wine they're appreciating right now and then allow themselves to to dip into some elaborately made wines, I guess you could say I think there's a little bit of a natural progression that you'll see. You're, you're you'll so come, practical. I you swear, know, yeah. you, you start getting bored with this, the very simple one note kind of one. But
1: you know, Sarah, that you've met tons of people who will tell you that, you know what, I am happy with my Sutter Home white Zinfandel. I don't want anything else.
4: Sure. And I actually still think Sutter Home does the best white Zinfandel. They were the first, and I think they're still the best.
1: And, there, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with white Zinfandel. Nope. You know, if you like it, absolutely great. nothing, And they do mm-hmm. a perfectly good job. It's just soda poppy to me. And right. that's okay because I, I like a Pepsi or a Coke once in a while. And by the way, can't tell the difference. But I'm going to leave you with this thought. And I know you're going to jump on this one because this is your passion, Sarah Schneider. If you're happy with inexpensive wines, go exploring all the inexpensive wines out there because there's a gazillion of them. There are so many of them. And, the, and it, it becomes fun for me to try to see what I can find for Five or ten dollars.
4: I couldn't agree more. Um, there are gems. Among that in that sea, um, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but not all inexpensive wine is created equal. And I drink an awful lot of cheap wine. It's it's part of my job. I mean, it's it's not hard out of a paper bag. <laughs> no, I do it proudly. Okay, all right. um, it's not hard to find a sixty dollar bottle of good wine. It is hard to find an eight dollar bottle of good wine.
1: Moral of the story: Drink what you like. Don't let anybody tell you you shouldn't like it out of principle.
4: Big yes to that.
1: Okay. Sarah, I say sign out and go drink some really expensive wine.
4: Big yes to that.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters Radio. That's going to do it for Sipping with Sarah. It's not going to do it. We're just going to do it again next week. I'm for that. Okay. Another yes. Your Grape Encounter isn't
0: over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition.